2: All right, welcome back to The Leg Show, News Talk, 830-WCCO. Social media, something that we all dive into. Well, I would say the majority of us dive into, right? We, we Many of us have Facebook accounts, Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts, whatever it is, different forms of social media, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. And it seems as though we just can't quit social media. Now, I think that one of the things that I'm going to be proactive about doing. At least once a year is try to whenever I have a little bit of downtime, take a break, take a vacation from social media. Now, that's hard to do because when you work in media, you have to utilize social media when you're a talk show host or you're doing stuff on television or whatever. Like, that's part of of your existence. Part of the brand. That's, that's part of your job. Yeah. Okay? So I get that. But maybe if there's, like, a getaway weekend or there's certain things you want to do, like, let's say you take a week off, then, yeah, maybe I will try to effort into putting it down. Because it helps us all, right, when you're able to put it down. But we're all addicted, I think, and there's levels to it. To social media a little bit. Or at least dictate to your, your cell phone. Okay? Well, when you hear a major celebrity, a big-time entertainer, a big-time actress, and Julia Roberts tell you a story about a bad incident on social media, you should all pay attention to how bad social media is can be at times. I think we talked about it. Everybody's kind of aware of it. But it's always good to kind of get a refresher on how bad we can be utilizing social media. I try to not be um terrible to people on social media. And I know that there are times where I will snap back at people that people will say mean things to me or, you know, be kind of condescending. And, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't <laughs> I don't take jabs back. We all have. We're all human. We, we're all, we all do. We all will do that at times. But I'm not going to go overboard and, and, and go off, you know, start railing on people that I don't know. Um, I'd be more inclined to go at somebody that I do know in real life as opposed to a bot or some, you know, whatever. But take a listen to Julia Roberts, the um the actress. She had an experience on social media that that she wanted to alert everybody about. And sometimes we could just be terrible awful human beings. We could be miserable individuals on so, social media. And um it's a little bit lengthy, uh, but but just take a listen about her reaction about an interaction or the way that people were treating her on social media after she posted a picture of her and her niece.
3: I posted a picture of my niece and I from one weekend morning. She'd slept over and we got up and we're having tea and playing cards and having this beautiful morning. It was great, I felt great about it. And my sweet little niece reposted it a couple of days later and interesting things happened the amount of people that felt absolutely required to talk about how terrible I looked in the picture, that I'm not aging well, that I look like a man. Why would I even post a picture like this when I look that terrible? People saying, God, I didn't even recognize her. This is what she looks like. And then the fights that break out within the comments where someone says, you should be nice. Why should I be nice? She looks terrible. And people start fighting within the comments. I was amazed at what that made me feel. And I'm a 50 year old woman and I know who I am. And still, my feelings got hurt. I was so hurt that people couldn't see the point of it, the sweetness of it, the absolute shining joy of that photo. And I thought, God, what if I was 15? That's just devastating. And it really made me see all the things about hearts and clicks and likes. And you realize there is something neurological about this whole system. It was fascinating to me, and I think it taught me a lot about being a young person in today's society.
2: Think about how young people are harmed. So this is Julia Roberts. Who's I think she says she's fifty, right? She's talking about, I think she's older than fifty, but it doesn't matter, the specifics of her age. About people saying she looks like a man. Oh, look, I couldn't even recognize who no one cares about your commentary that way. You're just saying that stuff to be mean. You have no there's no value to the take that you're giving. No, some people just She posted like to- an innocent picture of her and her niece. On on a morning day of them just kind of interacting and loving their life. I thought it was a good picture. It was a great picture. And not only that, but I I think that what she really spoke to, though, is the innocence for her niece. And how her niece will see comments like that. And her niece will be negatively. Because for Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts, don't give a damn. Like she said, yeah, it kind of affected me and I'm, you know, it's it's sad to see, but she is more concerned about her niece who has to grow up in this world. Yeah. And see, like think about that as a teenager. So, so my point in this in bringing this up and I love your reaction at 651 is for Henry Lake who's 50 or for Chris Tubbs who's 48 or whatever. It's it doesn't really matter. No, not necessarily. It does matter, though, for your granddaughter. Your grandson. Your niece, your Mm -hmm. nephew, the teenagers that are on social media because they are the ones that are being bullied. They are the ones that take in the negative comments. And then they have to go out here and navigate this world and they're not seasoned people and veterans and they're not experienced. That's the part that I hate for young people.
4: It's a really fragile situation right now because we grew up in an era where, yeah, people would be jerks. But there wasn't that constant in-your-face trolling that we see today. Like some people, this picture I feel is a perfect example of the microcosm of the problems that we're having. Because it is a picture of Julie Roberts and her 15-year-old niece smiling, looking at a camera, playing cards. On an early morning. On an early morning.
2: enjoying their lives, playing cards. Exactly.
4: And somebody felt the need to say something negative. I couldn't
2: even recognize her. She's not aging well.
4: It's like, what? What in your life is so miserable that you need to get online, you know, do the whole keyboard warrior thing. What is it about you that gives you joy to say negative things about people? Like, are you, are you hoping to get a reaction? Are you hoping to get a rise out of it? Because at the end of the day, everybody is a person. Everybody's got feelings. Everybody feels some sort of emotion. Like it, it just it, it frustrates me when I see, and it doesn't matter the platform, Henry. It can be Twitter, X, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. People are always trolling and complaining and picking fights about things that just don't matter. And I'm like, what is the end game for this? Like, you want to call Julia Roberts ugly? She looks like a man. She's not aging well. What is the point of saying that? Like,
2: what? Yeah, what is your point?
4: Because what? You need somebody to interact or respond to you because that's how you're going to pass time? It's like, if, I mean, put yourself out there. Put yourself out there, not some alias, not some, you know, avatar, egg, whoever. Like, put your real self out there and let people criticize and judge you because it goes back to the golden rule. Treat people how you want to be treated. And I feel like a lot of people have just gotten so far into themselves that they don't care about the environment or anybody
2: around them. Yeah. 651-461-9226. This one the 612. Henry, this is unfortunately how some in America act now. They can't be happy. So they have to make sure others aren't as well. I respect a few. I... Oh, I respect the few I I think is maybe know who've sworn off social media. I respect the few who I'm have... sure they're happier without it. Yeah, it got broken up there at the very end. Yeah, and yeah. I, it's hard though. I, like, like, we we can all acknowledge and admit that it's hard to just say we're done with social media. Like, I don't think that most people can stay off of social media forever.
4: I would love to not have to see a lot of the garbage that I see on X. I would love to not see a lot of the stuff that I see on Facebook. But there are reasons to be on both of those platforms. And another thing about this, Henry, is like so many people feel like they're anonymous. Like there's no accountability. I can say whatever I want. And you know what? Nobody's going to come get me. Nobody knows who I am. I can say whatever I want. There's no accountability. I mean, nobody's come going to you know come see me in person and confront me about it. So why can't I say it to get a rise out of people? I mean, there, nothing's going to happen to me.
2: You know, it's it's just it's so. But I I do think that the texture is one hundred percent right. Like oh, there yeah. are people that they're miserable and they say that they want everybody else to be miserable with them, and that's just that's a bad place to be in. Like with the texture earlier that wanted to uh, uh, make some. Negative comments uh, to me on wouldn't we'll, we'll that in the bud right now. We'll just go ahead and block them, and they'll be done, and they won't be mm-hmm. they won't be texting any more shows here on WCCO. We'll just have a good life, take care of yourself, yeah. you know, have fun. It, it just because we're not gonna deal with it. We, Some, ain't, got, we ain't got time <laughs> for that.
4: Some people are only happy when they're unhappy, like that. The the that sort of mindset fuels them for whatever reason. And it, it's no way to go through life, man. It's, it's, it's just no it's not.
2: Yeah, it's no it's way not. It's not. All right, 651-461-9226. Coming up next, uh, there was a little bit of breaking news with the Minnesota Timberwolves earlier today that actually caught me off guard. We'll get to that next year on The Lake Show.
0: worker of yours
2: All right, the Minnesota Timberwolves will be coming out of the All-Star break with the number one record in the West when they get back to action later this week. Also with two All-Stars and Carl Anthony Towns, who was amazing yesterday in the All-Star game, Anthony Edwards. But also the news breaking earlier today that the Minnesota Timberwolves have extended – Mike Conley Jr. Mike Conley was in the final year of his contract, and Mike Conley, I think that this will be his final, like he's going to retire a Timberwolf, I believe, unless he gets traded. But he's 36, was in the final year of his deal. He has now got another two years tacked on to that deal for $20 million, okay? Which, when you think about it, at the level that he's playing at right now, uh that's a decent that's a decent amount of money for him, right? Like it's not breaking the bank. Like that's not a lot of money. in NBA circles, like t- 10 million to you and I like that means the world mm-hmm. for him, it's pocket change. All right? Yeah. For for the money that is seriously
4: because it's stability for him.
2: I, so so for him to be here and it's about his leadership, it's about him being in a situation where he's going to you know, he's the vet in the room. He's he's the guy that's going to stand up and and make all the right plays and moves and all that stuff, whatever, for the team. And so I'm happy to have him remain here in Minnesota beyond this year.
4: Oh, no no question. No question. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, those guys get all the shine. Mike Conley, since he came over a year ago, was, I mean, that was one of those moves that I know, like, you were lauding at the time as being a fantastic move. 'Cause he's not flashy, he's, you know, not a highlight reel. A solid guy. But what you need, he's gonna give it to you. He's not gonna turn the ball over, he's gonna make smart decisions, he knows exactly what he's doing. And one of the he knows how to play with Rudy Gobert. I mean, they they were teammates in Utah, yep. so there were a lot of reasons to bring him over. And yeah, he's getting a little bit long in the tooth, but I feel like, like you said, for twenty million dollars for. But two his
2: years, level of play is still there, though. Too. It
4: it abso- yeah, it, it absolutely is, and and,
2: I and mean, it's he, not to say that you don't go after another point guard too, because you need to have somebody there because there's probably going to be times where you're going to need to rest him.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, you, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to push him, you know, thirty five, forty minutes a game. I mean, you, you don't want to burn him out, mm-hmm. but at the same time, with where this team is at and the chemistry that they've had. I mean that's one of the reasons why I don't I didn't feel like they needed to go out and make a big move because part of it coming into the year running it back was well what kind of team do you have? We don't know what kind of team you have. But now that we kind of saw how everything how the pieces fall into place, and kudos to Tim Conley for being patient enough and staying with it when a lot of people were giving him a lot of grief. And I mean, rightfully so, that's a big that's a big price to pay. But to make that move and realize that Mike Conley I mean if you really want this window to be open, Mike Conley at least he has to be in the picture for the next couple of years. Yeah. You, you can't you can't move on from him after this year. So I think keeping him in the fold even if you know little by little he you gets a few more, you know, a few less minutes here and there, absolutely the right move.
2: Well, this is the thing. So I had somebody say something to me on social media over the weekends. Funny, social media. About do you think that cuz they they were trying to say well now look the way that we played here in the first half of the season, this totally justifies the Utah trade. And I said to that person, whoa, 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 slow, slow, slow it down, pump the brakes. We've accomplished nothing. To act as though we won the Utah trade, what have we won? We've won nothing. Nothing, nothing. Unless we win a championship. To me, that's what validates the trade. And say, yes, if you walk away with a championship out of this, Then, yeah, you you don't have any issues with trading away all those first round picks. But if you tell me that you win a round or a couple of rounds and you don't win it, to me, that's not justifying anything. To me, the Rudy Gobert trade is not justified by at the midseason point, all of a sudden we're saying we got the best, we got the top seed. You haven't done anything, you haven't won anything.
4: It's amazing where they're at to think about where this team has been over the course of its history and only one year have they been at this point where they've had the best record in the West. I mean, only the second time in history that they've had a head coach go coach the all-star team because of their record. Nobody would have expected the wolves to be at this point. Nobody, but it, it is very, it's encouraging to see that at its highest level, this is what you can do, and, and it would be great to see a championship come out of this thing. It, it absolutely would. I mean, it, things are setting up as well as I can ever remember it setting up for the Timberwolves. Just in terms of continuity, in terms of you know schedule, you got what twenty-seven games left. You got seventeen of them at home, so things are setting up very nice for the Wolves. To end this regular season in the spot that they're at now, I—I I, I mean, yeah, championship, a championship would be nice. My question is, if they don't win a championship this year, I—I uh, I mean, it's—it's—I don't know if I'd like to think that they could do this every year, but I don't know that they could. Like this, well, we got to add some ma- more pieces. Yeah, I mean, this is
2: going to need help. It, it can't be just rest on his shoulders the entire, the rest of his career. Like, he's going to need other help. That's why you draft well. That's the reason why, like, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and you look at Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. they did amazing on defense with their draft picks.
4: Can't, can't Cat, has Cat shown you something this year in terms of his game?
2: Absolutely. Okay. Well, he's healthy this year. Okay.
4: Last year he wasn't healthy. You missed the majority of last year. Yeah, I mean, fifty-two games. But I mean, if you—if yeah, you're that's ta- basically a year. Damian. I mean, you know, remember last year when, when Anthony Edwards was basically begging Cat to come back. He's like, "I need Big Cat. I need Big Cat." I, I mean, can can Cat? If you're talking about Anthony Edwards needing help, can Carl Anthony Towns be the help, or do you need to add? But he's somebody-
2: already that. Like, like I'm I'm saying they need stuff on top. It can't be just just Ant and the, Cat. Okay, see, they gotta have. Like you got to part of being a good franchise is that as other guys age out, you're replenishing the talent pool with other guys. It's got to be seamless. Yeah, you, you can't just. Golden State right now, they need somebody else to to step into the. Kaminga's playing well, mm-hmm. but man, Clay's done. Like Clay Thompson's done. Yeah, it's been unfortunately it, it, it's the been, injuries have caught up. It's a lot.
4: it's been it's been rough for Clay. Uh, you know, this year's been particularly bad. But yeah, the last couple of years, you could tell that. You just don't. You don't recover from things like that. Yeah. You, you just don't.
2: Yep. All right. Coming up next, there's speculation that the Minnesota United have settled in on their new head coach. And then also, let's talk some Gopher basketball. We'll talk to Andy Greeter for the Saint Paul Pioneer Press. He joins us next. All right. Welcome back to the Lake Show News Talk 830 WCCO. I mentioned that we talked to Andy Greeter and we will do that right now. The headline at Manchester United assistant Eric Ramsey in line to be Minnesota United's next head coach. Uh that's the headline and Andy Greeter who wrote that headline, he is uh he is here to uh, talk about that story. First off Andy, we haven't talked in a while man. How you been? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. Um Eric Ramsey, give me some uh give me some insight. Give me, who, who is this guy? Who, who what makes him the guy for Minnesota United Soccer?
5: Yeah, so you know Minnesota United fired Adrian Heath with two games left in the 2023 season, way back in October. So they've been uh, the fans have been waiting over four months uh, for this hire, and it's uh, it's been a long time coming. The new uh, Loons chief soccer officer Khalid El Ahmad, has put together a uh, a pretty extensive and tough search process and put the candidates through the ringer, really, uh, to see who would be the one that could kind of come out on the other side and and be the guy that he wants. You know, he wants to play a a high-pressing attacking style. Uh, And uh, he had a list of kind of, I think, four or five finalists over the last two weeks. And they were both, you know, international candidates and domestic candidates. And, And Eric Ramsey is 32 years old. He's been an assistant coach at Manchester United, which is one of the biggest clubs in the world, that play in the English Premier League. Uh, he's been an assistant there for a number of years. Has a number, another, uh, a number of other previous stops uh, along the way. Would be the youngest head coach in, in MLS history. Uh, so you know, it's it's interesting because just getting to know Khalid El uh a little bit over the last couple of weeks, you know, he was looking for somebody that's that's young and energetic, uh, somebody that's that's positive and, and thoughtful and kind of studious about the game and. All of those things check out when I did research on on Ramsey here today.
2: All right, so you said you know four months in the making. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I I know a lot yeah. of fans probably for the last few months been thinking like, what's going on here?
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, the biggest complicating thing is they hired you know Khalid El Amad a month after they fired uh, Adrian Heath, and Adrian Heath was both the kind of GM and the head coach, and they kind of divided those powers. So that's kind of a month right away right there where. You kind of want to hire the boss and then hire the, the number two after that fact. So some of that is just kind of natural. I think the real delays kind of came in you know, kind of over the last, you know, two months or so after Khalid el got out of his contract with Barnsley and was able to start working uh, for Minnesota. So people were waiting, well, what's, what's taking so long? Why don't we have a candidate? And obviously time was of the essence because the Loons entered preseason camp in January. And if you're a new head coach, want to have as much runway as possible to get the team ready. So now Ramsey doesn't have that. And interim head coach Cameron Knowles is is going to lead the team here on Saturday in the season opener. And obviously that's not ideal. You know, you want to have a head coach that, like I said, has all the time possible to get his team ready. And they're going to be doing this on the fly here in 2024.
2: All right. So let me ask you this about the, you said the uh, aggressive kind of uh, attacking style with with yeah. that being maybe the philosophy, do they have the talent already within the organization on the field to be able to execute that
5: uh in, in a short answer no um, so that's that's also kind of perplexing about where they're at now it sounds like they're going to be doing kind of a hybrid of that you know instead of in basketball you have a a full court press maybe you pick people up at the at the half court line uh, that's kind of the kind of the molding the kind of hybrid system that they're going to have. You know, two of their best players in Tamu Puki and, and Emmanuel Reynoso are, are great attacking players, but they're not known for their defense. And in a, in a high-pressing attacking style, those are really kind of the head of the snake and kind of leading the, the, uh, the press. So they're, they're not well-suited for that. They're not known for, to being those types of players. So in the first year, as they kind of make this transition, they're going to have to be doing kind of a hybrid of what Khalid el Amad wants to do eventually.
2: Yeah, we're talking to Andy Greedy from the Pioneer Press here on the Lakeshaw News Talk 830WCCO. And we're talking about uh, the fact that Minnesota United, it sounds like, have settled in on their new uh, head coach. And that's Eric Ramsey, a former assistant with the uh, Manchester United. All right, let's let's um, let's get into maybe this. I guess my question would be about the, uh, the training right now. Because before you know it, we're going to have a season upon us. How from from what you've researched or maybe what you've heard about? Um, how is training going for uh, for this current uh, uh, Minnesota United squad?
5: It's been it's been difficult. You know they they uh, won only one of their four games in preseason, uh, and that was against a team from the lower level league, the USL Championship. Uh, they had two uh, you know preseason games friendlies against MLS teams over the last week uh, in Coachella and California, and they didn't score a goal. And Emmanuel Reynoso has been working his way back from a knee injury. Temu Puki has been coming back from paternity leave in Finland. Bongi Holongwane, you know, their you know star young uh, winger, he's been in South Africa working on a U.S. green card. So like the front office, like the head coach, this team is very much a work in progress as well. They didn't make a lot of changes uh, to the roster. Sounds like Khalid El-Ahmad, the new chief soccer officer, wants to go big in the summer and make some splash uh, acquisitions when they kind of have that kind of transfer window in the summer. Uh, so right now it's, it's very much a lot of the same pieces as last year. And that those pieces did not make the playoffs. Now, are they going to be able to, to play better? Are they going to be able to tweak things and, and get better results and, and push for the playoffs before it, Ramsey, if they're able to get that, that deal over the line and bring him in as the next head coach uh, and kind of implement what he wants to do and, and kind of figure out what the best style is for them going forward, very much is very middling of, of where they're at kind of expectation-wise in the Western Conference.
2: All right, let's transition to a Big Ten Gopher basketball. Uh, the Gopher man with a nice victory over Rutgers, but right now they're at 500 in the Big Ten at 7-7. Seven and seven. They have a record of 16-9, and and I think on the surface, I think that that Gopher fans are like, okay, all they got to do is get to 20 wins and they're good to go to the NCAA tournament. And I say, slow down, not so fast, my friends, that's not going to happen. I don't think that there's any way, any way that the Gophers make the NCAA tournament short of winning the Big Ten tournament to get the automatic bid. What say you about the Minnesota Golden Gophers and their chances?
5: Yeah, no doubt. I, I completely agree with you. They're very much on the outside looking in. You know, they have had – and what's, what, I think we need to have a broader perspective here. You know, like we've been talking about, you know, what's the future of Ben Johnson. We're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about could they possibly somehow, some way make Marsh Madness. So I yep. think that kind of goes to the broader point of, hey, this team is very much improved. This team is putting together wins, and, you know, they're relevant. And that's what Mark Coyle, the AD, wants more than anything in this third year is, is relevance. And we're talking about them in the, the outside of the conversation looking in – Uh, for the NCAA tournament. So I think overall it's been very much an improved year overall. But when you talk about making March Madness, I just don't see enough quality wins possible the rest of the way, right? They have one ranked team left on the schedule, Illinois, and that's on the road. That's going to be a very difficult game. You know, Northwestern's in there too. Nebraska's been better. Uh, But there's just not enough quality wins uh, to be able to improve their, you know, net ranking uh, because it hasn't really budged a whole lot uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, even if they were winning three games in a row like they were in late January, early February. And part of that, probably the biggest reason why they're on the outside looking in is, is the weak non-conference schedule that they have, yep. right? They don't have those those go-to wins early on in the year. And Ben really had to do it that way, and he didn't know what he had, right? And he was trying to, you know, put together a, a non-conference schedule that got his team ready to make the improvement that they're having right now. And he also needed to stack those wins to try to keep his job, to be frank. So he kind of had to do it that way. I think, you know, going forward, he wants to be in the, you know, the big quote unquote multi-team events, the, you know, the Maui Invitational and some of those other big ones. Obviously those goes to more blue blood type programs, but put yourself in more quality non-conference games next year. And then you have this type of regular season in the big 10. Well, then maybe you have a much stronger resume because you have those, those non-conference wins to really back up what you're doing in conference play.
2: We're we're totally on the same page. Like, and this is not, and I'm friends with Ben Johnson. And I love Ben to death, but you just you don't have the resume to get into the NCAA tournament. The non conference is so weak. And, and, and with all due respect, this is the reason why they're not going to go, is because you can't get swept by Iowa. In one of those games, you blew a 20 point lead. You lost, and, and you blew a 20 point lead against a terrible Missouri team. Um, so, yeah. so, like, those are the daggers. Ohio State just beat Purdue. If they could have held on against Purdue and we're not talking about those other bad losses – and then you're able to pull off a uh, maybe an upset of Illinois, then maybe we're talking about a totally different situation. But with all of that being factored in, I just don't see it. I just don't think it's possible. So I'm not going to go there with Gopher fans. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there that there's no chance. And if Ben surprised me and they win the Big Ten tournament here at home at Target Center, then more power to them. But uh, I, I think that that's just how it's going to have to play out.
5: Yeah, for sure. I just looked up their net ranking there. You know, seventy seventh in the country. I Oof. think they've moved up about five spots. The number one thing on that uh, line, when you look at, are you a, a tournament team or not, or what they call quad one wins, right? Yeah. And the Gophers are one and five in those in those quad one wins. Obviously, the uh, the uh, Michigan State game uh, was a great win uh, for this program. But yeah, I mean, obviously that Iowa game, you know, really sticks with with people just because you had that big lead on the road and. It's a rival team, and Iowa isn't that great this year. Uh, and that one obviously really stings. You know, you look at San Francisco on top of the Missouri game, uh, those two losses in non-conference play uh, obviously hurt them. So I think when you look at it, I think, you know, just again to reiterate, uh, big picture-wise, you know, they've got their 7-7 seven and in seven Big Ten play. Uh, I think they had, you know, maybe four or five wins combined in Ben Johnson's first two year, two years in league play. So uh, it's definitely an upgrade over what they've done in the first two years. And, if you look at it on paper, a lot of these players uh, have the potential to come back next year. You add a couple of more pieces, you get a little bit more experience. You don't, you're don't, you not going to Mackey Arena and trying to knock off Purdue for the first time. You've kind of gone through the gauntlet of what Big Ten play is. You know it. And then next year you can maybe make that jump and, and get back in the tournament.
2: I'm totally with you. I, I'm totally with you. And, and look, as much as I look and I, and I stated that they're not going to the tournament, I do want to note the improvement. Like, You can clearly see anybody that's observant of gopher basketball can clearly see that the gophers have gotten better. Ben has developed some of the guys in the program. They're playing much better and more competitive basketball this year, as opposed to the last two. And to be quite frank with you, if they don't blow blow some of these big leads that they've had this year, they have a much better record in the conference and overall this year. But I do want to say this, um, um, and this is the final thing, and I'll let you have the final word. The thing that's really impressed me this year is the fact that at the beginning of the year, I didn't think that the, the guard play was very good at all. The guard play has gotten better as the season's gone on. And Pharrell Payne, I said it last year, I'll reiterate it again, he is an NBA prospect. He is an NBA type talent, not just because he battles and he and he's he's a warrior. There, man, look at his NBA body. This kid's getting better as we speak.
5: Yeah, no doubt. You saw it last night. He had a career high of 21 points and 11 rebounds against a quality big man and Cliff Omo oh, Yuri well, from Rutgers, who leads the the conference in, in block shots. And I think you see a confidence in him that you didn't see last year. And Brandon Carrington talked about it we talked with him on Friday, he talked about how he felt like the freshman last year, this is Braden speaking, that they were kind of running around with their heads cut off, right? They just didn't really know what to do. They were kind of thrown to the wolves. And now you see that experience and Pharrell kind of, and and Brayden as well, and, and maybe not so much with Josh because he's not playing very much right now. But, but to Pharrell's point, I mean, you see a confidence, you see an assertiveness. Uh, you know, he kind of talked about, uh, you know, and this is kind of cliched a little bit, but You know, when you have a shot blocker, you want to attack him, right? You saw that in Pharrell, right? He was not scared. He was not to be deterred about Cliff Omoyuri, you know, and and the game before that he was playing against Zach Eadie and he wasn't trying that game. I think you see a a confidence that, hey, he can go out there and do it and he knows it now, and you're starting to see the results of that.
2: Yep. Hey, Andy, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my man. Nice to uh, catch up. Yeah, take care, Henry. All right, Andy Greeter, Pioneer Press, joining us here on The Lake Show. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to headlines. That's next year on the show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. It's time to dive into headlines here before the top of the hour break. So welcome back to the uh, to the show. One Christopher Tubbs, who was out ill at the end of last week.
4: Yeah, had a little bit of a thing, but the the thing has gone away. But, I mean, everybody gets the thing this time of year. Hey, last May, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison announced over a $60 million settlement with Juul Labs for deceptively marketing e-cigarettes. How will the state use that money? Well, that depends because they're asking for public input. Quote, the purpose of these input sessions is to really get into the community and find out what solutions the community members want to see. This, according to Minnesota Health Department's Parker Smith. There's no one size fits all, so it's important for us to hear from them, meet them where they're at, and then tailor this prevention and uh, cessation work to what's going to best meet their needs. Now, the meetings come on the heels of a settlement with Jewel Labs for Deceptively Marketing, as I mentioned. The portion of that money will go towards reimbursing legal costs. Said we've worked with communities in the past to gather input on various strategies uh, and. Uh, commercial tobacco prevention and control initiatives. But with this funding that's coming in, it's an opportunity to do some new things, some innovating things. Next input session is going to be February 21st at Great River Regional Library in St. Cloud from 2 to 3.30 in the afternoon.
2: You know the one thing that, that I still struggle with? I am still surprised to this day at the amount of people in this country that smoke. That smoke cigarettes like legit cigarettes. Well, really? I don't see it nearly. Oh, I as still much. see it. I, I, really? I'm gonna tell you this right. Yeah, absolutely. See, yeah, I, I don't. You, you, I don't You, see you it. mean to tell me you don't see people standing outside of what, what's the name of the bar downstairs? Dan Kelly's. Dan Kelly's. Yeah. You don't see people outside smoking cigarettes? I, I see it all the
4: time. Yeah. If if I see it, I'm not paying attention. No, oh, I'm I dead serious. I don't see it
2: nearly as much. I see no. it. I see it all the time. They, I still see all the time people smoking cigarettes. That blows my mind. That with all the knowledge. Yeah. That we have about smoking cigarettes, legit. Forget about. I know that people are saying, "Well, some people are are um, you know talking about cannabis and marijuana, whatever." You're I, talking
4: I, about cigarettes with I'm nicotine le- and tobacco.
2: Yes, yeah. there are people that are still <laughs> the Marlboro man,
4: the Marlboro man, man. <laughs> Joe Camel surprised me a little bit still. Okay, yeah i, I didn't even uh, I didn't even think about this. Hey, uh, I'm gonna go down to the uh, the entertainment. Are you a big uh, No Doubt
2: fan? I wouldn't say that I'm a big No Doubt fan, but, I mean, I, I respect the, the the music.
4: I got to admit, th- they were never my thing. But Gwen Stefani has some studying to do ahead of the hotly anticipated reunion at Coachella in April. Now, she admitted that she needs a solid refresher on some of the uh, band's classic songs. Singing a laugh last week and Jimmy Kimmel Live. I don't remember them, not at all. Of course, you can hear right now, she was the front woman. When they first popped onto the music scene in the mid '90s, Oh, big deal. Oh, they were a huge deal. Absolutely. Uh,
2: she said some that, really good music, by the way. But I'm not going to sit here and say that I know the entire catalog. Yeah, I, I've
4: never, I've never really been a, a, a big No Doubt fan. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've just never been a, a Gwen Stefani fan either. But she said that she has to go back and relearn about eight or nine of these songs ahead of the big show. Of course, Tragic Kingdom, I mean, they had Don't Speak, Just a Girl, Spiderwebs. They had five albums between 1992 and 2001 before everybody went on to pursue solo projects. And uh, the live music festival is going to return April 12th through 14th and April 19th through
2: 21st. Whatever Gwen Stefani is drinking to keep her looking young, I need some of that. I'm dead serious. How do you think that Gwen Stefani looks? She le- She legit looks like she's twenty five.
4: I'm gonna say maybe late twenties, early thirties. No, I- she
2: looks good. Sh- she looks g- good. She looks great. Blake Shelton will do that to a lady. She-, she looks amazing. Hold on. Let me let me look. I don't even know how old she is. She's fifty four. She's fifty four. Huh. Oh my god. Good for you, Gwen Stefani.
4: Oh my gosh. You've got to be kidding me. Would you say she looks
2: hella good? Man. No doubt,
1: unbelievable.
2: No, no doubt. doubt, no, no doubt. doubt. She looks hella good. No doubt. All right, coming up next, the NBA All Star festivities. Mm, they didn't pull me in. I'll tell you why. Next on the Late Show.